0: Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, this, this morning we're going to jump into the Word of God the rain is coming and I I don't mean the rain that you stand out in after a hot summer day right and it it pours over you and kind of cools you down but but there is something soothing uh, about knowing that the rain of Christ is coming and here in this Christmas season we understand that Christmas is really about the kingdom of God. It's about God's kingdom, and it's about the prophesied King Messiah coming to earth. yet to to even get to this point, you have to consider two things. and we're going to look about look at these this morning, and you have to consider the pain, and you also have to consider the hope and so the hope of God's chosen people. And so you have to kind of consider both of these for for those who weren't actually among God's people, but were adopted into the family of God through faith. And so life brings with it the reality of pain and hope. It's just just part of living, right? And uh, Bruce Waltke described a a Christian uh, response to pain this way. He said uh, that uh, once he rescued a wren, a small bird from the claws of a a, uh, cat... And the cat had broken his wing. And so, and there he is, he's trying to help this wren. But every time he's trying to grab the wren to be able to help it, it's trying to get away from him. You know, it's it's scared of him. But he's he's trying to comfort this uh, this small bird and everything. And then he kind of contrasts it with uh, a kind of a situation with his daughter. He said his daughter had had... Uh, strep throat, and so there they are. They have to get her to the doctor, and so they said, "Well, you're going to need a shot." Uh, uh, and so the girl, the girl is there with her dad, and she's got to receive this shot, and, and she's and she's crying out as she holds tight onto her dad, dad, dad. You know, she's she's crying out to him, but she's holding on to him. And, and I think that pain ought to make us more, be more like this sick child. Uh, that's, that goes on to holding on to their parent uh, instead of like the wren who's trying to get away. And sometimes we're kind of like that bird, right? We're like that bird to say, uh, things have went awry here, Lord. Uh, we don't want to have to deal. We don't want to have to relate to you, but we don't want to be that way. We want to be people who reach out to him. And sure, there's there's pain, which causes us to face some realities in this world yet there's always going to be hope in Christ himself and we need to cling to the Lord and not run away from the one who can give us the greatest hope ever so we want to start this series off by looking at some of the pain which caused mankind to look towards the reality of hope and so here's the pain part of it and it goes back to the beginning of time. We know the story. If you've been around for very long, you know the story. It didn't take long after creation before humanity had messed up their relationship with God, and it wasn't God's doing, but he had given the first man and woman some boundaries to live in, and they had it pretty good. Uh, They had it pretty good in the garden, and so they had made some major mistakes, and before you know it, they were in deep hot water of their own making. And that tends to be what happens with us in our lives as we get in our own hot water. We're pretty good at that, right? And we find out that Satan has has tempted the woman to do the very thing that God said not to... And the woman takes a bite of fruit she wasn't supposed to eat and ends up giving it to her husband and he eats it too. And we don't know for sure. It may have been the fact that that Adam, the husband, didn't really give the information to the wife. She didn't get the memo. We don't know. But anyhow, so it happens. And so uh, Satan deceived them and they fell for the trap. And so if, if only the pain would have uh, stopped here, but it didn't. And we find such a powerful set of verses uh, the over, over in chapter 3 of Genesis. And God pronounces that he would send a mighty offspring, a, a person, a great person of this woman to crush the serpent or, or Satan's head. And he says it in, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. So on the screen for you, it says, and I, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Well, the strike of the heel was on the cross, right? And the crush of the head was at the cross where Jesus set us free. And this is really the earliest prophetic uh, word of God sending his first, the, this first woman's descendant to crush the head of Satan. And so it'd be no one but the Messiah himself. And the fact remained that there was pain from Adam and Eve's uh, choices. And people today face similar pain when we decide to walk outside of God's boundaries. And we do it, and it's the same old story over and over, and we find for Adam in a few short years or a short amount of time, his family, uh, he had their, they had their own children and, and jealousy and rage, rage ended up taking over. It, it was a problem for them. And one of their sons named Cain felt like he had every right to be honored before God for his half-hearted worship. Uh, but when God said no, Cain let his jealousy overcome, his jealousy of his brother, who God said, hey, what you did was right. And for Cain, it was like, no, that wasn't correct. And so the pain was real, and he takes the life of his own brother. And so there the pain happens early on. It was real, and it affected the whole fam- family. And pain can give us a message. And something that we should remember, it can give us a message. And C.S. Lewis, a writer of years gone by, said something like this. He said, we can rest being content in our sins and in our stupidities. And everyone who has watched gluttons shoveling down the most exquisite foods as they did not know what they were eating, like they didn't know it, and, and will admit that we can ignore even pleasure. We can even ignore pleasure and we can ignore pain, right? Right? at times, but pain insists upon our being atti- on being attended to. And God whispers to us in our pleasures, He speaks to us in our consciences, but it's like He yells in our pain. And it's, it's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And what, what is good in any painful experience is for the sufferer uh, it is when he submits to the will of God. And we say, yes, God, your will anyway, not just my will, but your will. And then for the spectators, those who are beside and say, hey, we see what's happening here, that they end up becoming people of compassion for those people. And then they also provide acts of mercy to show God's grace and mercy to them. See, we all face pain on occasion, right? And it's in those times when we need to keep our hearts and our ears open to God, we need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. Just remember, it's better, though, to let Him speak to our consciences and whisper to us in, our, in the small pleasures of life. In fact, I believe that's the way He would rather speak to us. I think He wants to speak to us in those normal things of life, uh, so we need to stay willing to keep our hearts and ears open to Him in the everyday it's important for us to say, yes, Lord, when the times are good. Then when the times become tough, we're familiar with him, and then we know where he's at, and we understand how we relate to him. I don't know, maybe you uh, spend time with a friend, you sat down, sat back, and had a nice uh, cold glass of tea. I don't know if we want to talk about a cold glass of tea and the weather that we're fixing to get into, but... But, but you know, you sit down and you talk to them, you share some joys with each other, share some of the good things that's been happening, and, and, and you can have some of those good times when you learn about each other and you can encourage one another. Those are good times, and those are fun. They're, they're endearing conversations that, that you can enjoy, and they can have an impact on your life for the good as you challenge each other. Uh, than to live for Christ and, and to walk with him. Yet there are times after pain that we sit down when the realities of our actions have caught up with us. And, and those, those can be difficult. And those conversations, are they're just as important, right? Those things are important as well. But uh, they're, they're not as easy. And I, I think most of us would rather have the calm conversations about the pleasures of life. Let's look a little deeper as we consider the rain is coming here let's look at deeper uh, and here here's some of the pain it, it was uh, it, don't worry it's not all going to be about pain today right there, there's some hope as well but but the pain was even within God's people because of the pain of humanity's past because of mankind's sin and God's people had been chosen we find Abraham uh, Abraham was called by God God had called him and God made a covenant or an agreement with him, if you want to say, but that that covenant is something that God initiated. It wasn't that Abraham initiated with God, but it was God initiated this covenant with him. And he told that him in Genesis chapter 12, and the the verses 2 and 3 says this. He said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He's saying this to Abraham, right, the the father of Israel, uh, and, and this is where the coming of the Messiah enters into the scene, right here in this part. It's through Jesus that all peoples on earth will be blessed. And God was and is going to make good on his promise to Abraham. It's not something he says, hey, I'm going to do this for you, Abraham, and then decides, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, he's not like us. Have you ever forgot something? Uh, you know, it's, uh, we all do it, right? It's just a reality. We go out the door and, and we forget something that we're supposed to take with us. I, I remember one time, time I, was, I was coming to the office at the church and I completely forgot my laptop. I'm like, well, how in the world am I going to work on things when I don't have that? Sometimes we forget things, right? But God doesn't forget things. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what your situation is and he does care for you but some people think no I'm not sure I I just don't think he even notices anymore. You have to remember that there's always a glimmer of hope along the way and and we know that for the people of Israel they walked through a lot of pain because of some of their own things that they did And what you have to remember, there's this glimmer of hope. And for Abraham and for his offspring, Israel, there was still the promise of hope, even though that pain was there. And with that pain comes loss at times. And really, the loss came early because of the sinful nature of humanity, uh, God in God's way uh, to lead his promised people. And Israel's first king was King uh, Saul, right? King Saul, he seemed like he had it all together in the beginning, but he messed up by disobeying God. And uh, so... He didn't obey God's command, and so God said, you seriously messed up, and because of this, I'm replacing you with another king. And it really had to do not just about his actions, right? We could talk about that and say, well, maybe that's what the deal was. No, it had to do with the heart of the matter. It had to do, deal with his heart in this situation. And so we find it in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 13. It should be on the screen for you, verse 13. Uh, The Lord through the prophet says to him, he says, you have done a foolish thing. Samuel said, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. This is what he's telling Saul. And then in verse 14, he says, but now your kingdom will not endure. And the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him uh, ruler of his people because you've not kept the Lord's command. So we see a tough time, right? This was pain for them. It wasn't a, an easy thing for them. He had really messed up. And so what happened, uh, why did he do this? He got worried about what all the people thought. He got all worried about what they thought about things, and then it caused him to ignore the Lord's command, and he and he got in trouble time after time. Uh, has, it, has it ever gotten you into trouble? Now, don't raise your hand, Rick. Don't raise your hand out there, please. Don't. Okay. Oh, he did it. Okay. So ha- you know, it's it's probably gotten all of us in trouble at times, right? Uh, because we chose to walk our own way. Uh, you messed up, and so God says, "Okay, now we got to change things a little bit. Change your plans here, and, and consider it, it this way for a moment." So. To make sure a crowd doesn't get out of hand, security uses what we call crowd control, right? They do those kind of things. But the, the word may also refer to the uh, the control of a crowd, uh, the control that a crowd can wield uh, over an individual. It's, it reminds us of, a, of an old newspaper article about a guy named Cannonball. And he, Cannonball was in a circus, and he had been uh, shot out of a cannon like 1,200 times, I couldn't imagine that. I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind shooting the cannon. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but but, but being shot out of the thing, I don't think that would be the greatest idea. And, and he did this in his younger years. And, and when he was asked why he did this, he said, why in the world did you do this? Now, if you shot yourself out of a cannon, hey, that's, that's up to you. I'm not going to say much. He says do you know what it's like to feel the applause of 60,000 people? And then he says, that's why I did it. That's why I did it. He did it because of the applause. He did it because of the excitement of the people and all those kind of things. But I wonder how many concussions it took for him before he realized that he should have changed his plans. Uh, I don't know for sure, and and, you know, we try to teach our young people to deal with peer pressure and and all of those, and we should. It's important. They need to learn that while they're young, before they step out in the real world on their own, because honestly, peer pressure, it never stops. It just means that we start to get used to learn how to handle that, and that's pretty important for us, but it sounds like this fella didn't, And, and we have to learn to be able to do that, and If not, you may face a concussion yourself that you don't really want. How many football players and soccer players who even face more concussions uh, have lost their career uh, because of money and applause, and maybe that's why they were into it, and so then they suffer. I think of some of the old quarterbacks from the 1980s. I can't say, is it McMahon? I remember hearing about McMahon having, having been through so many concussions, it's affecting him now and uh, from uh, Chicago, and so uh, some of them that go through that kind of stuff, but sometimes for the glory, for the joy, for the applause. But time after time, God's people mess up, and it affected other, his, uh, his people. Another, It was another major loss. It caused the, the kingdom to split up into two nations, Israel and Judah. We've talked about that, and because of their foolish actions, they started dabbling in worship of these false gods. and. And, and they they let it pull them aside, and before long, both nations of Israel and Judah were both carried away by enemy nations. Israel was carried, and the Northern Kingdom was carried away by Assyria and Babylon. Carried away Judah, so they were they were kind of all stuck in these things in exile. And but God was speaking in their pain. And it's not always people's fault that they walk in pain, is it? We understand that. It's not always their fault. It's that we live in a broken and a hurting world, a sinful world, and for whatever reason we face pain. But he was giving them hope if they would return to him again. God was giving them some hope. He was saying... Follow me, come close to me, be near me, I will not leave you or forsake you. That's what God was doing. God won't abandon us in loss forever if we're willing to turn ourselves over completely to him. And this is what Jesus, the Messiah, is all about. This is what it's all about. Forgiveness and a chance to turn fully to God but here's something to, that we need to remember with, with Israel's loss came confusion and that can happen to people at times and and, and here the confusion came as there was a, a short reappearance of Israel Israel comes back back in the day and the new temple was built and they, they had to be so excited but some of their own people worked so hard to follow God by following the word of God to the nth degree they tried to do it exactly and specifically but 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 even this ended up becoming misguided. We find the Pharisees as they were doing that. And so we find that God again was looking for people who would give them, give him their whole heart. They may have been imperfect, but he, but, but, but be a per, they may be a person who follows with their whole heart, like David. And David was imperfect, wasn't he? And think about it. David was the one that that followed Saul. Saul really messed up, and David messed up at times too. But it had to do with the heart. It had to do with the willingness to be able to humble ourselves before God and say, hey, we messed up God and we need you. For God's people, the confusion came before they knew because the Greeks and Romans ended up taking the reins of Israel. And that's what happens at that time. They, uh, they come back, uh, Judah comes back, and they get back to Jerusalem and all that. But before long, the Greek and Romans come in. And, and then in spite of the pain, the loss, and the confusion, we find God looking forward, revealing hope to his people. And so it's not just in pain. We don't just think about the pain all the time because we know that in the message of the good news of the gospel that there is hope. There is hope for each and every one of us if we'll put our trust and our faith in him. And here's the hope. The hope is is that the Messiah will reign. And look at what the prophet uh, the, the prophet Micah prophesied uh, about the coming Messiah, uh, Jesus Christ, as we know him. And, and Micah chapter 5, verse 1 to 4 says this. And for some of you that know scripture and you know the New Testament, you'll see some of the, you'll catch some of the things that are said here. It says, marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us they will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod but you Bethlehem Ephrathah all though you are small among the clans of Judah out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. When I see that, it reminds me of the Gospel of John. When the Apostle John writes in John chapter 1, 1, and he speaks of, in the beginning the word was the Word, speaking of Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He speaks about this, some powerful words there. And let's look at what Micah chapter 5, verse 3 says. He says, therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears his son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. See, it's clear the prophet Micah is speaking of the Messiah who is who was yet to come at that point. And he will come out of Bethlehem. His origins origins were of ancient times. And you know John chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 goes on to say this about Jesus, who he calls the Word, that he was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made; without Him nothing was made that has been made. You know, let me say this: if, if someone existed with God the Father from the beginning, it means they were from ancient times. They've been around, right? They've been around. They, they, they were from that old that old time, from the time since. In one language, in the language I learned in West Africa, they would say "Tunfil is all quaykum and common none today to I probably can't say it exactly right, and you don't care. But for those who do, yes. Since time immemorable. And some of our English translates it something like that, since time immemorable. We can't even remember the time when he was there. There he was with the Father in the beginning. We're looking back on part of what he's done here, yet there is still more to come and to be fulfilled. Don't be mistaken. God will not let his word fail. He will not allow his word to fail. It will happen as he says, the hope is to come. And the hope is in Christ. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. There was hope in the coming Messiah, Jesus. And as God said through Micah, his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. We have to say this here, the name of Jesus has went around the world and back, but don't misunderstand, he's not finished yet. He's not done yet. Jesus said himself in in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, he said these words, he said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then, then the end will come. Not everyone has heard yet. We have a responsibility as God's people to be able to be witnesses of Christ in our communities, in our world, in the the nations where where people have not heard the name of Jesus nor have they understood what the gospel is. Not everyone has heard. There are tribes and peoples and nations yet to hear. And this this is our part in taking the message of the good news. See, the full reign of Christ is yet to come, but it will arrive. It will take place, and it will be take place in His time. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've attended many different weddings and performed many different wedding ceremonies over the years, and what I've noticed is a, is a couple of things: is that bachelor's parties are not the uh, the wedding; that, that that the bachelorette party is not part of the wedding, and although they celebrate the upcoming a wedding, and the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner, that is not the wedding. And once the wedding actually arrives and you walk through that ceremony and, uh, and then they, they uh, go out on their honeymoon and all that passes, that is where life is lived and there is more to come, right? It's, it's a starting place and then there's more to come. For us, we know that the Messiah has already arrived, yet he ascended. And he sent the Holy Spirit to do what? To live in us. He is the comforter and he's to live inside of us and to be the witness in this world. And yet his return is coming up and then his full reign will arrive. In the meantime, we have hope to look forward to. There's another type of hope Uh, uh, there's another hope that the prophets bring to God's people, and it's like this, the Lord is with you. And this comes from the the prophet Zephaniah, who writes in his prophetic book in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse uh, uh, 16 and 17, he says, on that day they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you the mighty warrior who says he will make uh, he will take great delight in you in his love he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you as singing if he's rejoicing uh, over over you as singing it means he's happy right he's celebrating right it reminds us of what the prophet Isaiah said concerning the Messiah And we find uh, Matthew's gospel quoting Isaiah over in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, where it says this The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is our hope. That is our hope that he is with us, and we don't have to walk this path alone. Some people think they have to walk the path alone, they have to do it themselves, but that is not true. We do not have to walk the path alone. And not only did the prophet Zephaniah tell, tell us that God was going to be with us, but so did Isaiah tell us. And then Matthew is looking back on what God had already said and had done, and by sending his son and the, and the Messiah who is born of a virgin to walk the road of life with you. He's come to walk the road of life with you. See, once Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. You don't have to walk the road alone. You don't have to. That's why we're here together too, so that we don't walk the road alone. And we're going to wrap this up because some of you want to get rice and beans. But don't get stuck in the pain. Don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck in the pain, but become... Uh, filled with the hope that God gives you because he has hope for you. This world doesn't have the hope that he has because once we leave this earth, then the hope that this world offers to us is gone. But the hope that God gives us is eternal. It lasts now and it lasts in our future. It lasts into eternity. Don't give up on the hope that God gives us. It could be so easy to stay in the pain and let it rule, but you don't have to. Jesus came to walk the earth with you. He came to do that. Why? Because he loves you and he cares for you. That's why he gave his life on the cross. He did that so that you could have hope again. He did it for you. He walked with those who had seriously messed up their lives. He walked with those who had face, who 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 had to face a hand that was dealt to them and it wasn't their choice. But Jesus walked with them, didn't he? He walked with the lepers. It wasn't their fault that they got sick. He, he walked with the tax collectors who ripped people off. It was their fault that they got in their situation, but he walked with them. He will walk with you no matter what part you're in in this. Jesus came to bring forgiveness, and he came to bring healing, and he came to bring hope. Sometimes you, you can have a hard time walking through life. It may be difficult for you at times, but but remember and understand some things. It happens to all of us, but the one thing to remember is that if you are willing, He will gladly, He will gladly walk right beside you. Don't let your pain cause you to push Him away like that wren, that bird with the broken wing. Be like that little girl who hung on to her daddy when she was getting that shot. The Lord wants to walk your path with you, so let him. He wants to walk the path with you. That path may not be easy. It may be uphill both ways. I don't know, but it's not always easy, but he wants to walk with you. Don't, Don't only let him, but welcome him to come and to walk the journey with you. He knows what pain is like. He knows. He bore our sicknesses, our infirmities, our diseases on the cross. He, he bore our sins when he went and He was beaten with those stripes and, and the ripped his back apart. He, he hung on that tree and he lost his life. He gave his life up really by being suffocated on a cross for you and I so that we could be forgiven and have a right relationship with God. Now he welcomes you to come and to walk with him today. And I challenge you this morning to say, Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Help me as I walk down this path of life. No matter how tough it is, I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you. Let that be your prayer this morning. I want to pray for you father father we are so grateful we are grateful for what you have done for us lord we could never thank you enough jesus you laid your life down on the cross for us really it should have been us going and we should have had to bear our own, bore our own sin but jesus you as the scripture says who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Father, you have something so wonderful to offer. And Father, this morning we receive what you have given to us through the cross. We receive what you have given to us through your shed blood. And we put our faith and our trust in you today. Let it be your prayer, friends. Let it be your prayer. Father, we thank you, and we honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.